MotoGP for 2020 continues, but for the racers, they've got a couple of weekends off. So what myself, Toby Moody, and MotoGP technical guru Neil Spaulding are about to do in this podcast is analyse what's going on technically, particularly with the Yamaha squads. And that covers Monster Energy Yamaha team of Maverick Vinales and Valentino Rossi, but also the Patronus squad of Fabio Quattararo and also Franco Morbidelli. There have been five Grand Prix so far in 2020, still nine to go over 11 weekends. But Neil, let's cut straight to the chase. Yamaha are in quite a bit of trouble, and it goes all the way back to that very first race weekend, Jerez number 1, in the searing sun and the searing heat of southern Spain. What went wrong from lap 1? Well, it actually went wrong slightly before that. Um, I think we needed to just... Basically, uh, they appear to have an engine problem, and it looks like they messed up some engines before they realized how big their problem was. But what I'd like to do is go back almost 20 years just to set the scene on this because I think there's some clues in the way Yamaha got here as to what the problem is now. Um, Yamaha, as you know, make motorcycles, but they also make engines for cars, and they have done so for a long time. I mean, that absolutely gorgeous two-liter Toyota sports car back in the 60s, was used used a Yamaha engine. Over the years, they've had their hands in lots of engine projects. They ran their own Formula One project for about eight years, uh, initially with help from Cosworth, and later on um, with engines built by Judd, but using Yamaha five-valve per-cylinder designs. They also, I think, had a hand in things like um, the, the Lexus LFA. I think that's one of theirs as well. Certainly, it's a co-design with Toyota. So they operate as a sort of niche engine manufacturer, and they use their Formula One experience to make sure they understood four-strokes. That LFA is a hell of a thing. It is amazing, absolutely amazing. But, you know, um, a a, a Toyota-Yamaha co-production, the engine anyway. So, you know, they've had their hands in a lot of things. One particular chap came out of university and went straight into those engine projects, uh, Koichi Suji. And Suji-san operated uh, in Japan with their five-valve per-cylinder engines. Um, Initially, they they used a Cosworth bottom end and a Yamaha top end. Uh, But then he went to live in rugby, which must have been quite an experience for him. Um, And he worked with Judd to make the later Yamaha Formula One engines. And once that project finished, I think it was about 98 or something like that, he went back to Japan and started working on street bike engines. In the meantime, Yamaha has decided to go into the MotoGP world. And they sat down and thought, okay, well, how do we build, we, we know how to build a 500. We've got all the geometry and all the gearing and everything for 500s. Let's build a four-stroke that works like our 500. And they went off and sound there, the guy that had designed their 450 motocrosser and said, we need an engine that's, that's really nice for the rider. You know, we want to make it work like the 500. We can't imagine we're going to go a lot quicker than that. We've got the same tires, everything. So let's just build a good 500, but with a four-stroke engine in. So he built them an engine. And he built them an engine with carburetors and not even the full 1,000 cc's, 942 cc's. And they came out with this at the start of MotoGP, and it was excellent. 
The only slight problem was Honda had built a V5 that could use all its power. And Yamaha were absolutely thumped. They didn't have the power, they didn't have the engine response, they didn't have the handling even. So they went back to the drawing board very quickly. First things first, get it up to 1,000 cc's, then get fuel injection on it. And then it was one of those moments where they just thought, no, we've gone too far up the wrong street here. We need to start again. And the board said, okay, we've got our 50th birthday coming in uh, a year's time. Um, they hauled in one of their Mr. Fixits, uh, Furusawa-san, and said, we need to get this working. You know, you need a top rider. We want to win the 50th. Prove that Yamaha can do this. And Furusawa-san started putting a team together. And one of the blokes he went and found was Kyochi Suji, who had done all this Formula One experience. And he said, I need you over here, and I need you to design me a Mark II MotoGP engine. And one of the things Suji came up with was the cross-plane crankshaft. And their initial stab, the one that, yet, that Rossi won the 2004 championship, was a initially five-valve cylinder head cross-plane crank, and over the course of the year, all of Yamaha bikes got converted to four-valve. And then for the next year, 2005, they had a complete new design that used cross-plane four-valve per cylinder. And it is basically that design that's come all the way through to now. Different bores and strokes for 800, different revs, pneumatic valves, managed to slot seamless gearboxes in. But that basic concept has remained the same right through to now. And... A lot of the commentators say it doesn't make enough power. Well, it doesn't, but it wins world championships. It accelerates well. Yamahas have always accelerated well. If you take the example of Mugello, they can come in 10 kilometers an hour slower than everybody at the one place on the lap where everybody measures their top speed, which is at the end of the long straight. But they seem to be quicker on all of the short straights than everybody else. And there's more short straights. Talk wins races. It, talk does lap times. It's not all about the pub talk about absolute power, is it? No. I mean, a lot of riders and ex-riders love the idea that you have all this power, but they can't seem to get their head around the fact that that comes at a price. You can have the top end, or you can have the mid-range and the what we call the feel, the, the, the crankshaft connection that lets you drive out of corners really accurately. And... It, it, it is the holy grail to have both, but nobody's managed to do that yet. There's, you're always bouncing between you can have one or the other, and Yamaha chooses the short, the short straight acceleration and the rider connection over that top-end number. And Suji-san, he was there for nearly 20 years, was the man that did it. Now, what's happened... Because Yamaha, combination of new tyres, new ECUs, they lost their way in about 2016 when all the new stuff came in. Suji-san at that time was going from being the man in charge of the engines up to in charge of the team and finally president in charge of all MotoGP operations. He was the senior general manager in charge. But he was there. I mean, you knew that if there was an engine problem, he would understand it. He, it was part of his DNA, let than anything else. And finally, last year, big changes to sort of give, the, give different people experience and to also try and fix their project. They brought back a really talented chassis designer. 
They brought in a new project leader, a chap called Sumi, who's been previously responsible for all the chassis in the R1 and the R6 range. Very experienced guys. They've come in and taken over. And at the end of last year, Suji himself decided to go off. And he's now, I think, in charge of something in the Marine Division. Uh, it'll be engines, exactly what he does. But it meant that Yamaha turned up at Hareth without the final backstop of the bloke that knew the engines backwards. Because what they did, they sat down and they looked at everything and decided we have got to make more power with this motor. And something over the winter, over the end of last year, they've just gone that touch more extreme. Now, they obviously wanted to stay with their long-term project, so they've gone for grunt, feelability, everything else. They've changed the outside of the engine so that they can have an external flywheel, um, so they can actually adjust throttle response by circuit. It's something the V4s can do because their design is narrow enough to allow them to just do that on the outside of the engine. But for an, across the frame four, like the Yamaha, it's quite complicated, but they've done it. But somewhere in that loop, of establishing a slightly more powerful motor, they've pushed everything a little bit closer to the red line. And that red line was clearly breached with the extreme temperatures we saw at Hareth. Now, one of the problems for an inline four is, is, is exactly that. It's an inline four. It's a large air dam behind the radiator. It is a struggle to get air out from the back of the radiator because the engine's in the way. And if the engine isn't in the way, the engine mountings, at the, which are further out and which are necessary to get the flexibility correct, are in the way. So Yamaha's... And the headers. Yeah, Yamaha's always struggled with, with heat. They've been saved at various times because of various other changes. Bridgestones, for instance, the tires that were chosen were a tire designed for the Ducati, where the front tire didn't need much weight on it. So they could actually physically move the front wheel 10, 15 mil further forward. And that was just enough to help the cooling. So for the Bridgestone years, they were sorted. But when Michelin came back, Michelin started heading back towards their classic, slightly um, front-heavy preference in terms of what the tire needed to work. And suddenly Yamaha's losing cooling capacity. And here we are, perfect storm. The man that understood the engines absolutely backwards isn't there. This is the hottest ever MotoGP ever. And we've got an engine that's just a little bit closer to its red line than we've been for years. And something went wrong because in FP3, Maverick Vinales lost an engine. And they obviously sat and thought, that's not good. Let's plug a new one in. Um, and for FP4, he went out with a fresh engine. And he then ran that motor through, through uh, qualifying, warm-up, and the race. At the same time, Rossi's carrying on with his engines. And in that race, uh, uh, the, well, let's call it Hareth 1, he lost the motor. It went bang. So Yamaha went from having a small problem to a big problem. Now they've had two engines go, and they don't really understand why. But the difference is, is that they let Rossi go out and have another engine fail. I'm convinced that if Suji-san had been there, he'd have been looking at the readings and everything else, saying something's not right, something's not right. 
Because I suspect that Yamaha's first excuse, which was they had an exhaust sensor problem, is probably actually the truth. I think they either hadn't calibrated the exhaust temperature sensors correctly, or they were faulty, or something, but somehow they didn't spot just how hot their engines were getting. And if an engine's getting too hot, you can do things about it. Aprilia lost an engine in the Wednesday practice for that Grand Prix. And it was clear in the race the Aprilia was a lot slower. So you've backed off the ignition, you've changed the jetting, the different fuel levels, and they looked after their engines. Suzuki have got the same basic concept as Yamaha across the frame four. It would having similar problems. But they had one rider who was hurt, didn't go out for the race, and their other rider crashed after one lap. So he probably didn't cook it completely. But if I could just so, jump in there, Neil, if Suji-san was there and he thought, oh, okay, we've got a problem. You know, they can't rebuild an engine at the track. They can't take the head off. They can't break the seals. Yes, they can tinker uh, electronically, software-wise, but it's that age-old engineering trade-off of, well, we can't take 20 horsepower off the top or a load of torque off each corner because then it's just guaranteed that we're going to finish nowhere. But, but you needed a senior manager who understood the price they were going to pay to say, actually, I'm really sorry, but that's what we've got to do. It's the perfect terrible storm, wasn't it, that the hottest race ever in MotoGP was the first race that he wasn't there and the first race for the new guy. Yes, yeah. And it, it's not anybody's fault, inverted commas. I think no. something, something got missed, but what, what went was the senior manager who said no. The price we pay for winning this race is going to be too high. We go out 10 horsepower down, but we do not let it go over that temperature come what may. Because if you do that, you've lost the motor. We only have five engines for the whole year. And they managed to overheat two from each Yamaha. Now, where it's left them is in a really crazy place because Maverick lost an engine in qualifying practice. So one engine has been withdrawn because it's actually broken, physically broken. The other engine, which was subject to similar temperatures, hasn't been used since. Clearly, while they try to work out what to do before they take the risk of putting it out there. Because if it goes bang, they've lost it for the whole year as well. And if they ever put it back out there, it won't be in a race short term, if at all, for the remainder of the season. Well... Their, their initial stab was to go to the other manufacturers and say, we've got a problem, sorry, sorry, you know, uh, production, whatever. Um, yeah, there's a problem. It's a safety issue. The other manufacturers have clearly said no. As soon as they've done that, they have actually put Maverick out in FP1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, and Of which race? Yeah, no, of of, of uh, Austria 2, the Styrian Grand Prix. So they've got to the point where they've realized they've got to start either using these engines or at least working their way up. There's no way that the other manufacturers were going to give them a buy when at Hareth 2, on the podium, it was a Yamaha 1, 2, 3. And they're leading the championship. And they're leading the championship. <laughs> there is no way. I and mean, again, there's been a political mess up here. You've got a totally new crew in at Yamaha. Suji-san would have known that there is no way Honda, 
Suzuki, all the others who've not got this problem, certainly not Ducati, who've wanted, you know, they wanted to win this. They've thrown so much money at it. And one of your major competition, who's currently leading the championship, says, pretty please, can we, can we, can we take no. advantage? It's not going to happen. <laughs> it doesn't no, happen. No, this no. is war. This is war. <laughs> yes. This of, is war without bullets. Of hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. So, political error to then even think of asking because you've lost two races where you could have done something. Mm. From what Yamaha have now got, let's just run through the, the, what they've all got. Maverick is down one motor, actually broken, and a second motor that he's just getting the nerve and his team are just starting to say, okay, you've got to try this at different revs. What they're probably doing is sending him out, knocking off 500 revs and seeing if it doesn't go bang or not. Yeah, right at the end of a free practice session. Okay, we got away with that. Right, up it a bit more. Okay, then come back. We measure all the temperatures. I mean, you cannot take it apart. Something's physically changed, most likely in the valves. Um, in the end, they'll have overheated, and the crystalline structure of those valves will have changed. Is the head about to drop off or not? Back at Japan for the last two months, I absolutely guarantee some of the spare engines they've had for the test team or the two that... I mean, because the original allocation for a full Grand Prix season was seven. Those engines will have been built. They'll be sitting in boxes in Japan. They'll be in a dyno, um, a special kind of race dyno that will be running them through laps of Hareth. They'll have all the throttle maps, everything. They can put their engine through exactly the same stresses it got on the racetrack. In fact, it, and most importantly, the hot air coming through that dyno. And they can run one of those engines up to the temperatures they think these got to. Then they can take it apart and see what it does. You know, they, they, can, they can dummy run all of this. They will be dummy running them in Japan. This is starting to get expensive. And they'll be trying to work out what they can get away with. Then they come back and say, okay, we've tested engines that we've cooked the same way you cooked yours. And we reckon you can get away with this. Go and give it a go. Oh, I don't want Gas to. Gas mark Hareth. Yeah. Turn it I up. I don't want to. You, know, you, can, you can imagine the whole race crew saying, I don't want to, I don't want to. But they have no choice. These engines were designed to do something around 1,500 kilometers each and then be, then be taken out of service. You Can I just yep. interject there? What can you do with the engines at the track? You can obviously take the plug out and put a, 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 a visual... A borescope. What do you call a borescope. Endoscope borescope. thing. Borescope. Can you, you, you can do that, you can have a look, but as you've touched on, you can't see the metallic structure that may have changed of a valve. No. You Can you see the, the bottom end? Can you go in from underneath? Uh, you could probably, un uh, I don't think you can, no, actually, no. No. Okay, so you can't see if something's gone, started to go blue. No, and, and well, you, I, theoretically, if you could get, no, you can't, because the gearboxes now have got separate oil supply. Um to deal with the stresses of a seamless shift gearbox. So, no, you just can't get there. And when I say blue, ladies and gentlemen, I mean a, a, a very dark bottle blue, which is something's got very hot. But that's usually an oil feed problem rather than an air temperature problem. Yes, and Yamaha's been there. I mean, they're very sophisticated. The bottom ends of their engines have got two oil supplies. Um, the gearbox has got a separate pool of oil because it's a different oil. Sure. You know, I mean, these are very sophisticated engines. That, and, but, they, but they know what went on those, those engines that have been taken fully out of service. Yes, you've got the ones yeah. that are parked we're not using for a while, but we've got 
we've got three Yamaha engines withdrawn from allocation because they've physically gone pop. So you're actually looking at the thing that's gone physically pop, and it's going to be, I suspect, valves. And just to reiterate, one name that Neil hasn't mentioned is, although Valentino's lost an engine, Maverick's lost an engine, Morbidelli has lost an engine. So three of those are the ones back in Japan, complete post-mortem on them. And then, as, uh, as he says, they will then suspect what might go wrong with the others that got cooked at Hareth. Yes. Now, I... You know, you think through how can this possibly happen. There's two things. One is, was the sensor actually accurate? Um, in which case, you have to doubt the figures you've got as a record of how hot things got. But, I mean, you've got that sensor, you've got the computer, you send the whole lot back to Japan and you work out what it was reading and what was actually going on. But the next thing was a management decision to slow the bikes down needed to have been taken, and it wasn't. Now, just to show you how different things are between bikes in the middle of the race and something that hasn't got something in front of it Fabio Quartararo has not lost an engine he's not lost an engine because he was at the front there wasn't a bike in front of him throwing off head air hot air and getting in the way of the airflow over his radiator he was okay Mm. now they have still withdrawn no they have still put to one side the two engines are used at Hareth they're going to have to use them. But he's currently in the lead. How can you possibly take that risk? If they had not followed the political aspect of seeing if they could get the manufacturers to allow them a buy, to allow them to go in and change the valves, just maybe they'd have realized before the Austrian races that actually another engine would be a wise precaution. Because Austria is you mean the a place sixth the engine. Yamaha. Sorry, sorry, let's yes. just take this slowly. You mean a sixth engine outside their allocation? Yes, and they're allowed to have another engine, but the penalty for taking it is you start from pit lane. They had nothing to lose by asking for a buy. It's cheeky. They, they did have something to lose. What they had to lose was a bad result at the circuits they were going to have a bad result at anyway. But would you have got a better result by starting on the grid or from the pit lane long term you get a wor- you get an even worse result but now your engine problems are over you mean they could have run all of their remaining engines exiting the pit lane which is when they run them at any so they could have gone to Czech Republic and just run six engines all of the six engines you 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 follow the sixth engine sorry should i say yeah well no no this is wheel back slightly they have got five engines in their allocation. As soon as they knew they had a problem, they started running everything else to see it was all right. So by the end of Hareth 2, Mavericks actually use all five engines once. Now, he hasn't put many miles on them. You know, you can use them, you take them out, you put them back mm. in a box, you bring them out again. But they knew they were all running. But Maverick has only now, at the sixth race, started to use... Well, the fifth race of MotoGP. We've had five races, yeah. But it's the sixth round officially. He has actually gone out and used engines that were used at Hareth again. He still hasn't raced one. He's used them in practice. But one of those engines um, has been used in qualifying two. So they were prepared to take the risk of running it in something that really mattered. Can I just interject again? As you, you you only have to homologate and seal the sixth engine 
the day that you run it. Agreed. But you can't change the So they the need design. to wait as long as possible. They need to wait as long as possible to get the metallurgy right and get the valves right and whatever with the results from the post-mortem in Japan that's still ongoing from Hareth 1 and 2. Yeah, theoretically. And they could build those in the middle of September or, the, or early October and then it's absolutely as fresh as it could possibly be. It could be. For the remaining Grand Prix for which they will probably know the weather forecast. They'll know the, the general temperatures and the thrashing it will get around the Aragons of this world or the, or the Valencias of this world. Yes, but they can't change the design. All they can do is change the treatment that, with, with how they treat it. Now, it is only the engine itself which is frozen in design. The throttle system isn't, the exhaust system isn't. You could sit down with one of these motors Lengthen the primary pipes, which would tend to um, put more power in the mid-range at a cost to the top, and then retune the injection system and try and do everything you can from outside the engine to make it work, say, 300 RPM less and 10 degrees centigrade less, 5 degrees centigrade less, whatever is the critical number that gets you the mileage. Yeah. But... In terms of the price you're going to pay for bringing a sixth engine in, you don't want to start from pit lane in a race where you could win. It would be much more sensible to say, okay, we're going to take this on the nose, we're going to get a sixth engine out. What is the circuit where we've already got a problem and we just make the problem worse? And that circuit was the Red Bull Ring. All the other circuits, Yamaha is capable of doing extremely well at. So now the price of a new engine is higher. Yeah, I understand. So what, in the middle of all this, there's I mean, judgment calls and everything made, but that hard-nosed hammer of a 20-year experience MotoGP chief engineer, I have to say, was not here. It was the perfect storm, though, wasn't it? I touched on it 15, 20 minutes ago. I mean, the, the guy in charge at the moment, what bad luck. You couldn't make it up. No, it, isn't, it is not his fault. You know, he, he, he picks up his new car from the dealership and the bus runs into him before he's got to the traffic yes. lights. It's not, his, it's, 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 it's not his fault that it was boiling hot at Hareth. We all knew it was going to be boiling hot at Hareth. Everybody was all muttering about that it was going to be hotter than the sun. But yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I, I don't really want to bash the new guy in charge too much because it's just a set of circumstances it is well we don't even know if the top 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 man was at the circuit you know i mean the, the, all the junior engineers are here all the general race engineers are here but quite mm. a few of the senior management haven't come out of japan yet this year certainly in honda another scenario for the perfect storm yes i mean this is just it really is. It is so unfortunate. They've got their bike together. They've done everything they can just as not to change the concept, but just to move it a bit closer to the others and get back that edge that you need to be really competitive. Honda, you know, Marquez is gone. They've got a clear field. <laughs> and this is just, open goal. And, the, and and it is. It's like having an open goal and a and a, and a, and a, and a penalty and an earthquake between you and the goal suddenly opening up. <laughs> yeah, it just it's just absolute. And, and and so where are we? They're just starting to use engines. They're they're getting more Bedelli and Vinales to use their Hareth engines. 
if you like, their entire purpose on the Grand Prix track right now is as engine testers. I was about to say, just going around in circles. I mean, if you think of the crash that Morbidelli had at Austria 1 and what that engine went through when it went across that gravel trap and then be- in, in between his teammates, they used that engine again at the next, at the next race meeting. Mm-hmm. And we don't yet know if Vinales's engine is okay after he went on at turn one and it, the bike caught fire. Uh, you know, it didn't have a big physical bang on the tarmac because it would have been protected when it hit the ground. But it got roasted. And it did go directly into an air fence. But, you know, and, and the cables and the fire, in theory, won't be that bad, will it? No, it shouldn't be. They ran Morbidelli's engine from the first Austria crash as his race engine in Austria 2. So these engines are unbelievably tough. How long do they run when they're on the side, like Vinales? Not, not very long. They, they have timing. I mean, A, the oil pickups have got a lot, lot better. Yeah. So you, you've now got a, a pocket of oil held around the pump, and that will be designed to allow it to run for five seconds or ten seconds. A few years ago, you would have an engine would turn off after three seconds lying on its side in practice, but that would be extended to, say, seven or ten seconds in the race. Enough time for the rider to try and pick it up. And remount and get some points. Yeah. Yes. Whereas in, the, in, test, in, in practice, you just want it to turn off because you don't want to damage the engine. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a chap in a previous podcast cast why well, we don't get burnouts. Burnouts are bad for motors. And this is now a game of motor preservation. I mean, the Hondas. Hondas haven't used anything more than their first two engines yet. <laughs> All the Yamahas, except Quattararo, have, have oh sorry, no, and Rossi. Rossi and Quattararo have an engine spare, unused. But Rossi has lost a motor, and Quattararo doesn't know if he has. The, the, the engines he used in Hereth One, he has not used again. Hasn't touched. But what you've now got is Vinales and Morbidelli acting as engine testers, Rossi doing his best, and Quattararo trying to see how much life he can get out of the rest of his engines. Uh, trying to lead a championship, thank you very much. While leading the championship. <laughs> they, they need to know if those engines are going to go pop. So Morbidelli and Vinales have got to go out again, and Quattararo doesn't get to touch his. Not yet. Because the second he takes one of his out and it pops in a race, you've got real problems. So... Why are Yamaha having these problems where Suzuki have also got an inline four? We touched on it before. In the end, the problem is not just the inline four. It's the inline four and too much temperature. Suzuki have got some very experienced race engineers and they're in the garage and they probably looked at their motors because they, funnily enough, they didn't look that fast at Hareth, A, and B, Rins, their lead rider, pulled out because of shoulder injury, so he didn't race. And mm. Mir crashed after about three laps. It probably they didn't do any miles. It probably saved yeah. their race season. Saved them an engine and therefore the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or a you pit know. lane start, should you say? Same difference. Yeah. In the end, it is the same difference. If you're trying to win a championship, you're not going to be doing it with your pit lane starts. But, but. Fabio, if he was going to ever take that chance, that it was it was Austria where you'd do it. It's very difficult to deliberately 
say to your team, we are just going to deliberately quickly get onto our sixth engine at race number four and or race number five of an uh, 14 race season. Can you imagine the discussions inside Yamaha? It's very difficult psychologically to deliberately... Do you see what? Yeah. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. When you get to the end of the season, I you've totally run out. Understand. There are there is no more left in the truck. Oh, I've got to use my sixth engine, boss. Boss, we yeah, don't. yeah, exactly, yeah. My point. But 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 what we've got now is watching these engine lists is two engine testers. We've got Carteraro under instruction. Just go for it, my lad, with a spare engine, and Rossi with one spare engine and one held back. If they can work out. A different setup, exhaust, intake, fueling, ignition, that gives them 99% of the performance on track. Again, you wouldn't be doing that with Quattararo. You'd be giving him what you started the year, what you thought was right. But you know that Morbidelli, Rossi, and Vignales mm. are going to be being asked to try different things so that they can learn what they can put underneath Quattararo. Maybe they don't realise they're sacrificial lambs at the moment at the high altar of Yamaha to win the championship for Quattararo, for Yamaha. Well, in Maverick's case, he he probably thinks that he stands a chance. And that was the case until he decided to get a bit carried away on the brake front at... Um, at, at, at um, Austria 2. Austria 2. Um, but now, you know... Yeah, they, they are, whether they like it or not, they are, they are engine testers for Quattararo. Wow. It's just wow, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And, the, and that, that now means, of course, that the pressure on Quattararo is not just as a man in his second MotoGP season to try and win and hold it all together and lead and the pressure and the team that's still young and the non-works team in adverted commas yada 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 he now knows what you've just told us yes and 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 i mean what do you call it in the tour de france you have the you have the teams don't you and you have the yeah. lead rider who's the one designated yeah. to win the championship and, and then you have a every- water boy you have a water carrier Yes, is it stagiaire or something? The, the the guys that are the the support riders, and their job is purely to escort the top guy to the front as best they can and sacrifice yeah. their race if necessary. Yeah, like a lead out when you're coming to the sprint for the last two hundred meters. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But of course, the reason that they all lead out and the reason that the nine people on each team of the Tour de France are so the eight people who don't win the race because your teammate did win the stage, should I say? Is that they share the bonus? Yeah. Well, I, I suspect about now that those conversations are happening <laughs> <laughs> because Quattararo is their man. He's got he's got theoretically more engines than anybody else, and they need to know if those two that are held back are actually going to go pop, or what they can do to stop them going pop. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And and it may well be they've thought, well, okay. Uh, we hold them back. We do this. Uh, we we do the longer exhausts, different inlet, different jettings, everything else, and we use 500 rpm left, and that actually works really well in Le Mans, in uh, Misano. The other irony is Neil is we've had the hottest MotoGP race ever since the inception of four-stroke MotoGP at the start of 2002. You and I have been to some hot races. You know, Qatar 04 was in the middle of the day. Uh, some of those Malaysian races were just a- another world. 
And yet, because of coronavirus and the fact that we've started late, that has brought on a Jerez Grand Prix in the middle, late July, compared with early May, late April. We're not going to Malaysia at all. So therefore, all of the remaining races, all the races full stop, are in Europe in the autumn. So it'll never be anything like as hot as Hareth 1-2. No, but if you've already burnt the engine, you know, have you damaged the parts irrevocably? You're absolutely right. I'm attacking it from another, another way, which is the irony is we're not having any hot races this year except those two at the beginning of the year that were just off the scale. And that's knackered it for Yamaha for the whole season. Just the fact that it was at late July because of the virus and round and round the circle of bad luck goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can extend this slightly. You know, Dovi's just had two decent results. They weren't brilliant. Um, he, he sits second in the championship, but he's about to go to a circuit where he's got the tyres back that he doesn't like. You know, he did really well in the a, 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 at the Austrian circuit, the Red Bull ring, because he quite liked the tyre feel. But that tyre was special for that track only. That was not expanded upon very well or much by by anybody, really, why those Austrian tyres returned for Austria and not the rest of the season. Why was there a spec change it, it, from it, Michelin? Well, basically, the super high speeds generate heat, and it is so much faster that Michelin felt safer with an older, I think it's the same carcass, but with with an older rubber. And it's one that isn't suitable um, for other circuits. You don't generate the heat, so there wouldn't be the grip. But it happened to be a tyre that Dovi quite likes. So if you look at his points position, he's sitting second to Quartararo, and he's about to run into his own difficulties. So the top Including two Including having taken a victory at, at, at Austria 1. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look next one down, Jack Miller. Well, he doesn't seem to be affected as much uh, by the tyre, but there is no two ways about it. The Ducati on that tyre is not particularly well sorted. Then, in, then you've got Brad Binder <laughs> in fourth place on a bike that is clearly working and which, because of the rule book, has seven engines for the year. Hmm. He, he, he's got power and revs that the other factories have not got. Mm. It, is, it is not beyond the realms of possibility that Brad Binder has got the magic ticket, the golden ticket. This might be his opportunity. Well, it's everybody's opportunity in 2020 to, to jump up and whilst the cat's away, the mice they may play with Mark Marquez not here. And there's only one person on that grid who's previously won a MotoGP World Championship in the shape of Valentino Rossi. He's got a lot of work to do to win this championship this year, whereas the others, they can smell the blood. The sharks are out, aren't they? And it's who can hold it together the best. And as you say, if this might be KTM's short-term best chance. Absolutely. But, the, um, but because Paul has crashed twice, he's not in, he's not in the mix. Mm. Mm. you know he's down in 10th place the issue is that brad doesn't know the circuits on a moto gp bike so he's going to turn up at misano yes the team has t- tested there but he hasn't correct 
So, so straights have got a bit shorter uh, now. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> but but uniquely this year, there's a second race at the same track. So the rookie stands a chance. Look, you know, look at how he came through in the yeah. second Austrian race. Yeah. yeah, that saved him a bit. Yeah. Well, well, well. Funny old world. It is a very funny old world. The delays, the virus, the hot race, uh, the change of management, Suji-san going back to Japan. You couldn't make it up, could you? Wow, oh wow. No, this is as big for Yamaha as Marquez's, the loss of Marquez is to Honda. Or the loss of Casey to Ducati with the lactose intolerance in 2010. Yeah, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's uh, you know potential out mm. of the game thing now you know mm. you just know they are working hard but those those spare engines will be sitting in japan on dynos trying to duplicate the conditions they've been through trying to work out if these other engines that they've with temporarily withdrawn are usable and yeah. and or if they are damaged how they can use them where to use them you know the circuit that doesn't require maximum power all the time which ones that's the is you know you they'll be going through everything they know to see what they can build but i guarantee you somebody from yamaha is going to be starting from pit lane before the year is out and the exhaust pipe design and everything else on everything else will change at one or two circuits where they desperately try and get these engines out but with un under less stress and the longer pipes will be there to make them more mid-range engines There'll be some busy boys at Akrapovich as well. Yeah. You know, it cascades all the way down the supply chain, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, those, those engines that have been used at some point in the season that are actually in the truck, I'm sure those engineers walk past those boxes and give them a bit of a bit of a glimpse of like what's what's in there, what's in there. Whereas yeah, the what, engines what have back we done? in Japan that they've built specially to the same spec. And then a thrashing over the dyno. Um, they are they're the ones who are earning the money and potentially saving the championship in some shape or form. What a year! What a year! I mean, it's it, turning out to be. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, theoretically the the weather's better, but this is the sort of thing where you end up with a different fairing design. Anything to sacrifice a bit of speed and get a bit more cooling, just in case we have a hot day. You know, back in Casey's days, that's what Ducati had to do. He had the uh, a, a cutaway fairing that he really liked because it was easy to flick on the sides. But it had a different duct design because it was shorter. And it didn't cool as well. So they, it, they're in this crazy situation. On a hot day, they had to get the big fairings out because they were the ones that cooled better. Yes, and Alan Jenkins told me that it would be the correlation between the side of the fairing when it was closer to the ground, the fairing closest to the ground on the corner, because then it operated in a different way, the way that the air passed between said fairing and said tarmac. And if one's yeah. wider, it would be closer yeah, to the tarmac vis-a-vis, -vis, the air would go quicker, and yada, 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 around it goes. It's just physics. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's all little things in places you don't automatically think about. But in a tight year for engines, it's got tighter. And adding, believe me, adding Portimao wasn't what they wanted. Because th there's no logical reason in the rules to add another engine for that 15th race. No, there isn't. No, no. 
when we were going to have more in the normal championship anyway, pre-virus. Yeah. More yeah. races, yeah. Well, well, well. Neil Spaulding uh, of MotoGPTechnology.com. Uh, you've, earned, you've earned your cross today with that one. That's a belter. Yeah, let's wait and see. That's an absolute cracker. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a question, you know, um, what will Yamaha do? But uh, right now, they're in a, a right fancy old pickle. <laughs> to say to say it mildly, but they've got out of it before. They'll get out of it again. It's it, it's just like Ferrari and Formula One at the moment. They're in a hole. They'll get out of it. Uh, McLaren, we're in a hole. They're getting out of it. Everything is cyclical. It always goes round and round and round. Ducati, you know, won with KC. They didn't win between 2010 and then 2016 between KC Stoner and uh, Andrea Iannone. And then they were knocking on the door of a championship with Davizioso. Everything always comes full circle. But in the meantime, what a season and what... Uh, a, a joy it is to be sort of part of it if you follow ladies and gentlemen with the analysis of, of four different Grand Prix winners in five different races and with nine Grand Prix remaining in 11 weekends it is going to be nothing short of a gatling gun of a 2020 season we are uh, we're, we're, we're only a third of the way in what doesn't that give you something to think about until we finish up in Porto Mayo in uh, in middle late november neil thank you so much you've done a sterling job thank you very much indeed and uh, let's look forward to the next races let's see what happens we will now look forward to our next podcast with the race motor gp here keep in touch with the-race.com do like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from but in the meantime we'll be back very soon from neil spaulding and myself toby moody stay safe goodbye <laughs>